You're listening to the Reversing Climate Change podcast by the team at Nori, the carbon removal marketplace. This is a show about the innovators and entrepreneurs developing solutions to climate change. Hello and welcome to the Reversing Climate Change podcast with Nori. I'm Ross Kenyon. Alessandra Guerra here from Nori, Director of Corporate Development. How are you, Alessandra? Hey, Ross. I'm super well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for being here. And today we have with us as our guest, Alexander Solnikov, co-founder and chief strategy officer at Rarible, a major NFT marketplace. Hey, Alex. Hey, Ross. Hey, Alessandra. Thank you so much for, for having me. We're, we're happy to have you here. We've been working with you for a while now, Nori and Rarible, which is great. We want to tell our audience about it. I'm not sure how much our audience knows about NFTs and Web3 beyond some of the shows we've done about them. And we've glossed over NFTs more than we really should. So I was wondering if we could start maybe at the beginning of what exactly even is an NFT. Why do you think it's important? Why are you spending your time making it easier to interact with NFTs? No small questions, but why don't you give that a shot, Alexander? Yeah, sure. So I'd like to begin with probably the fact that I'm, I'm born crypto. I discovered crypto in, in the second year in my, during my university, and I was taking down the rabbit hole instantly. I loved it. I loved the spirit. I loved everything about crypto. And the biggest idea that I loved about crypto was the permissionlessness and self-sovereignty. What that means is that you basically don't need to ask anyone's permission. My money is my money. I can move it where I want, when I want. I can take it with me on my phone to another country, always find an exchange, and it will be always with me and no all this banking nonsense. And NFTs, it's an effective way to store an asset on the blockchain, which is non-fungible. That is what's it stands for NFT is non-fungible token. Fungibility, it is the the property that allows you to exchange one piece of something for another. So for example, dollar bill is fungible. So you, one dollar bill always equal, equals another dollar bills. So fungible tokens, they're more like money. NFTs, they're singular and they're more like items. They work more like actual item, physical item, that has some image attached, the metadata. So NFTs, it's an effectively a number stored on the blockchain saying the wallet number five owns the item number six, and here's the picture of that item. That simple as that. There's been so much hype around them. I think people think of bored apes and things like that. Originally it was crypto kitties, which was also fairly derided by the general public insofar as they knew about it. Some of these use cases might seem superficial, a bad use of energy, harmful to the environment, etc. Is that true? I know that's a big question, but more broadly, are there applications that people who think those are dumb will care about? Are there good uses of NFTs that are coming or already exist that are genuinely exciting and mainstream? Can I take a stab at this, Ross, the first part of this question, this two-part question, and then Alex, maybe you can answer the last one. Yes. Yeah, you know, people ask us all the time. There's a lot of criticism. And last night, you know, we were at an event. There was an Aspen Ideas Climate uh, Conference here in Miami Beach. And lots of people were asking this question. And I think it's really important to recognize, just like electricity, you have 
different forms of creating one, like, like one watt of energy, watt hour. So it can come from solar energy, it can come from wind, or it can come from fossil fuel, like natural gas or coal. So there's this distinction that needs to be made. With blockchain, it's the same. You have things that are like proof of work or proof of stake or proof of X, any other thing. And the idea is let's move from ways that are highly energy extensive and then go to ways that are much more energy efficient. So at a fraction of the energy cost, you can still maintain that blockchain. And I just wanted to say that so people understand it's all not traded equally. And a lot of the space is looking at what are the most efficient, energy efficient ways that we can maintain the blockchain, provide cryptocurrencies, as well as NFTs. Anything you'd like to add for for texture, different directions for that response, Alex? Yeah. So environmental impact of NFTs is directly derived from the environmental impact of blockchains. And blockchains, uh, this is directly tied to the definition of why are we spending time on NFTs? We spend time on NFTs because we want to bring this idea that you will own your item to the metaverse so that you, you own all your items digitally. And the security of the blockchain, it is what enables all that so that different applications connect to the same database and uses the source of truth. So this source of truth is absolutely critical and important to achieve that vision. And it should be extremely protected. And different blockchains use different technologies to enable security for those assets. And blockchains like Bitcoin and Ethereum and everybody who uses the proof of work, they use mining. And to mine, you need to basically make all sorts of calculations and you need to burn electricity. And for that electricity, usually the cheap sources of electricity win because you want to earn money for spending that electricity. So you want the highest ROI. And that's why oftentimes this electricity comes from the cheap sources that, that produce a lot of carbon footprint. So this is whole narrative be behind, oh, NFTs are bad for the environment. Now, I don't necessarily view that it holds. So Ethereum is undergoing the merge now this year that will get rid of proof of work completely. You, you won't burn electricity anymore to protect NFTs on Ethereum at all. It will reduce the 99.8% of all the carbon emissions done on Ethereum, maybe 99.9. So maybe the only one that is still in danger is Bitcoin that will not be able to make the shift from proof of work because it's super stable. As for the use cases for NFTs, that's why I believe that this narrative that doesn't necessarily hold because on the planet scale, waiting several months until Ethereum will, will change it is not too much. And in general, I think the tech is the lowest carbon footprint producing technology, producing sector. So I believe this narrative is a little bit overrated for NFTs, but still we want to go above and beyond and offset everything that we do right now and even go negative by, by offsetting more than, than it's produced. Now, as for the use cases, NFTs traveled and started from CryptoKitties, which was the home path of yours, like a toy. And I still believe that toys is the big part of the NFT use case. 
and there are there are startups that are doing online NFT toys because the the young generation of children there they have an iPhone or iPad at two, and and they spend most of their time in in the metaverse, so they are as happy with the digital toys as the, with real toys. The next big use case was art, digital art, and again it's brilliant. The digital artist had almost no way to monetize their creation. The best way to monetize digital art is probably to make prints or create an Instagram account with, with your art and monetize followers. So NFTs give direct way to monetize for the crypto artists. You can actually sell your item, which is probably scarce. Like there will not be any more digital art like this piece. And the third big use case that we've seen is the profile pictures. And while there is a lot of critics about criticism about profile picture, it is widely used because it works as the community path. If you own a doodle or a board ape and you put it on your avatar, it is the signal that you be belong to this very special social club that shares some value. And when people interact with you, in Twitter, which is the part of the metaverse, they can recognize you faster. They can understand which values you hold faster. So this is very important as well. We're, now we're seeing the fourth use case that is arising heavily. It is the gaming NFT use case. So games are digital environments where we spend a lot of time. I did spend a lot of time in games myself before I encountered this new game, capitalism. Imagine all the things you own in a game are not just hosted by the game, but they're hosted by your wallet and you can move them from game from one game to another. Many of us seen Ready Player One. That's the quintessential like view on how this gaming world can look like uh, in the future. So I believe these are the use cases that have long-term fundamentals beyond speculation and each of them will hold and stay. And of course, we will have many more. Some of the things that I've heard that have been perhaps more persuasive to skeptics of NFTs or people who don't really get it, I've seen things like concert tickets or memberships being held in this way, things that interface more immediately with physical reality. I think examples like the metaverse and video games I think sometimes sometimes people are are maybe a little bit less warm to that than other things. Are you are you finding that too, or or do you think people are not yet aware how much of our lives will be in the metaverse in the future? I think this more instantly understandable use cases are important for the transition period. I'm personally a big fan of all digital things. I'm a nomad. I have very little presence in the physical world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Do you just you just bounce around? You don't you don't have a regular place you live? No, I don't have a yet Allegro place to live. I live on Airbnbs for the past two years of my life. Of course it's a little exhausting, but I carry everything in, in just one suitcase. The MacBook is one of the most precious physical things that I own. So I'm rooting for all digital. But of course, if that's a crypto art, you want to have a mural at your home, the digital display that will that will show that beautiful piece of artwork that you have. So 
combination between physical and digital is important. As for the tickets, NFTs is the pretty useful thing to store the ticket. It does not bring a lot of value in terms of the core idea of NFTs is to be able to change ownership. And we don't really change ownership of a ticket too much, although there are secondary assets. And to be frank, the blockchain technology is still expensive to use NFTs as tickets because the gas prices are too high. In the next generation of blockchains, we might see many, many more use cases that allow us more small things to be NFTized, <laughs> so to say. I've never heard that term, the verb NFTized. That's cool. So we did at Nori a couple months back, or was it one month ago? I don't know. Time is this weird illusion. In April, we did a carnival to pre-launch our tokens and we had Rarible there because we were partnered together. And so we had like, you know, different games where all the different partners were a part of. So there was a ring toss, a Rarible ring toss where all the bottles were painted in that really pretty Rarible yellow color. And then Alex was on this panel with us and we also had these NFTs. So we had an artist, Rigoberto, what was his name? And he did like... 3D renderings of Nori's logo in all different types of plants in different backgrounds. And so there was 500 of these that we kind of gave away to people as a like hybrid proof of attendance thing. It wasn't technically a pull app because it wasn't in the smart contract, but we had minted them all on Rarible and then had sent them to our attendees after the fact. And the idea is, and I'm, I'm saying this more for the audience here, is like, you know, now you have this beautiful thing that represents, let's say, a brand that you really care about, like Nori, the people who came, they're longtime fans. And it's this beautiful representation of something that you value. And then it gives you access or rights, let's say, to future events or community things. And I think I've heard that too, Ross, like with regard to Bored Apes, that it's almost just like the exclusivity of the club, of the people that you get to talk to and, and what that gives you access to, as opposed to just the art itself. So super multifaceted, these NFTs. Yeah. My experience with NFTs personally, uh, well, I got that one from yeah, Nori's proof of attendance for Miami. That was cool. And I minted one on Rarible because I wanted to try out the flow because after you mint an NFT on Ethereum with Rarible, you have the option to remove carbon via Nori. So that was really cool to experience. I made a an image that's a graveyard of failed logo redesigns from our recent logo uh, updating. That's cool. I'll put a link to it or something in the show notes. And then I saw one recently that caught my eye. We did a podcast with Jesse Smith of White Buffalo Land Trust, and they had mentioned having an NFT be a membership card for access to their regenerative wine growing club. So that was the first one that I thought, hmm, I think I would like to be a part of that. And this as a token of my fidelity to this group actually might mean something or be something that I'd be interested in parting with money for. I think that might've been the, the moment I got hooked a little bit, but I haven't felt that way previously. I haven't felt the burning desire to own a profile pick in the same way. And uh, sometimes I attribute that to personal failure. I'm like, is this is this just not that good of an idea? Is it not for me? Or is there something wrong with me that means I'm not appreciating this or seeing this in the correct way to, in order to appreciate it? I don't know if either of you have reactions to any of that, but there's well, a lot. there's definitely something wrong with you, Ross, but I don't know if that's it. That's true. We can, we can say that. 
with, with safety. Yes. But beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually cool that you made an NFT of all the like failed Nori logos or like the iterations. I shouldn't say failed, but the iterations. I'd love to see that. I have, I did not know that you did that. Oh yeah. I'll send it to you right now. But yeah. I don't know. That was the first one though, that at least I, I kind of got it. And I could see why it's a fun thing to participate in. I saw Nathaniel Popper too, formerly of the New York Times, author of Digital Gold and written a lot about crypto saying that after he left the New York Times, he uh, was allowed finally to firsthand own crypto and mess with NFTs himself. He said that he didn't expect it to be this fun, basically being able to own a digital asset and join a community as a result of that. So I, I sort of get that. I don't know if you have, uh, as a as a nomad with no attachment to anything, Alex, who's floating in cyberspace, I don't know if this belonging community aspect to NFTs works on your mind or not, but what do you think about all that? I absolutely believe it, it works, and I've experienced it myself. You are muted if you are speaking. Oh, there you go. Okay. I absolutely believe it's true, and I experienced it myself. I, I use several NFTs as my profile picture. And for example, I, I was hesitating a lot before doing that because they're kind of expensive. Ultimately, I found several collections that represent me, that I felt like they represent the values that they want to hold, like doodles, for example. Uh, they are minimal, they are neutral, they are positive. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Apple mentality when you cut everything that's not standing well. And I put it on my avatar and there was like 400 likes and people were welcoming into the community. And, and it felt like you're part of something bigger now and something, something big and positive. So that is absolutely true. The second one that I did, it was like a mefer. It's a funny collection with the, with the, little guys that are hand-drawn that are looking like a little bit like a digins sitting around on the internet all day in their chair and smoking and, and researching. And that reminded me about me five years ago when I was like sitting in my rental apartment, reading white papers and researching the space all night long. So when you feel that some movement that you have an internal emotional attachment to, that's when it clicked for me. So Nori and Rareball, we got connected back at NFT NYC in 2021. Was that last year? Again, time is an illusion that I'm having a very hard time keeping track of recently. Um, so it was only just a few months ago, but Rareball really wanted to do something about its carbon emissions. And so during, there's a Giving Tuesday, which is in November. And, and that was the Tuesday right before Art Basel in Miami, which is a big thing where artists come in. And, that, and we've been doing this in Miami for, for a very long time. But all of a sudden, it was, it was filled with everybody in the NFT space. So the merging of, of Web3 of crypto with artists at a thing that already happens in Miami. Anyway, so for a week, uh, a week's worth of emissions for any NFTs minted during that week, we paid 120% of those carbon emissions. It was about 906 tons of carbon for that week in those NFTs. And then we started working together, our two product teams, on integrating so that um, there's a webhook that we created at Nori. It's not quite an API, so it's kind of like that first step to automation and, and integrations. And there's some other things 
Nori has to figure out before we get to that level. But now any creator on Rarible can go to Nori, pay for a ton of carbon removed from the atmosphere, get certificate of that. And then their NFT on Rarible's platform has this very specific label, like the little green sprout emoji that labels it carbon negative. It's part of this part of this whole like we're addressing and allowing, I think it's more about allowing artists and people to take part and engage in that story themselves. Yeah. What was the motivation like for you, Alexander? How did this uh, come about? Seem like a good idea, something that we should be working on? I guess as the platform for artists, as we started our journey in the NFT space, we found artists to be extremely passionate about social causes. So whenever something happens outside in, in the world, Usually there is a group of artists that was targeting that specific event with their NFTs, with the memes, jokes, art that is showing the new way of looking at the problem. So this, this instant, this fire hose of creativity that exists on the platform often was targeted towards this issue of the climate change and environmental impact of the industry and they were vocal about that and brands that adopted the platform with their nft strategies were concerned about their carbon footprint so it kind of all matched together into the idea that we want to do something about it we want the industry to be flawless and not have this like giant low-hanging fruit of every critic that that wants to come to the space and say oh you're doing cool nfts are cool but so this all fit together into the idea that we want to make nfts carbon negative and i don't necessarily believe that we will offset a lot of carbon per se ourselves but we wanted to contribute to the movement to to the social cause and since artist is often the generator of the idea that gets spread around the world after. So art is the, is the way of expressing new thoughts, new ideas, new feelings. So connecting this carbon removal with art to just help broaden the, the visibility of the issue itself with the help of, of this creative power, I guess that's the main contribution that we're making you will not have a lot of tons of carbon offset from nfts because there is not many of them uh, there, there is not many uh, there is not much footprint but you will go to the popular probably the most popular thing of 2021 and you will see oh we do care about about the environment too and and that's how y- you make this whole world a better place yeah, I completely agree. And what's interesting and just something to note here is for people who have been listening um, to Nori for a long time, you know, we've been we've been at this for almost four and a half, five years. And we started selling, you know, to the corporates or trying to at least at the very least with an attempt and then really kind of pivoted and, and focused on, OK, that doesn't seem to really be the right market for us, mainly because we provide access to we have this unique ability to provide access to people 
who are smaller buyers who wouldn't have resources to create these big projects, right? Get like sustainability officers, find large projects, develop them, watch them, monitor them, et cetera. So we kind of pivoted and then what we ended up seeing once we kind of really leaned into that and making that more accessible to anybody on Nori.com's website was that artists were coming. So Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter Imogen Heap was our first artist to come and she wanted to do an NFT release, which she did for three different NFTs, like samples of some songs she had written and then took 5% of the proceeds and paid for removing carbon through Nori. And then it kind of became this thing that just slowly like snowballed or not even slowly, but quickly grew. And more than a quarter of our historical sales have gone to companies in the Web3 space and half of that artist-driven. And I think it's because artists really understand artists and crypto folks. It's just this perfect alignment for Nori as a customer base because they feel very deeply the importance about doing something about climate change and also willing to take more innovative approaches and how they might see addressing those with something like Nori. Alexander, what do you think is next for NFTs? Uh, I know I've seen a lot of articles this week about the NFT market, quote unquote, collapsing, but I suspect it's probably broader things happening than merely NFTs. But what do you expect is going to happen with NFTs in the next couple months or even couple of years? That's a very good question. So let's try to expand on that one. First of all, when this article says, says that NFT market, quote unquote, collapsed, it is mostly referring to the NFT prices. Of course, many of the NFTs without their price tag will be forgotten. But NFT is the forefront of the innovation in the blockchain space. And by definition, it's the right side of the risk spectrum. So the bond market goes 0.1% down. The stock market goes 2% down. Bitcoin goes 5% down. Ethereum goes 10% down. NFTs go 25% down. That's the cascade of leverage that we have in the, in the capital flow in the system. The same way on the way up. So obviously with the macro environment that we have today, we see the prices melt down across many industries, across across stocks, across across tech, and across blockchain, and across NFT. And NFT is the right side of the spectrum. It, it, it gets down one of the biggest leverage. Now, that all doesn't apply to the art market. The art market is not a capital market. So every consumer NFTs that was up there for enjoyment of the buyer for the use for the actual use as a, as a club as the utility they're they're doing fine in several next months there will be this separation of what had primarily speculation driven prices and what had had an actual utility that that will stay through let's say quote unquote bear market that we are probably about to face now uh, the overall crypto will undergo this phase of transition when people don't care about prices, but care more about the technology. Uh, the people who are not long-term believers will, will go away and people who are long-term believers will stay and they build the next generation of technology 
that will drive the next generation of use cases for everything, for NFTs, for crypto, for wallets, for all this. Yeah, I suppose we'll see what's going to happen with this. Beyond NFTs, Alexander, what are you looking forward to for Web3, blockchain, crypto in general? Oh, it's absolutely the loveliest thing that ever happened to the internet. Internet started as a decentralized technology. I wouldn't probably be false if I say that that was the task of the creators of the internet. I heard it somewhere that basically the internet was designed to survive the nuclear war when your common centers might, might, might get offline and to continue to work under extremely harsh conditions. And that's probably why the whole internet, why internet took over the whole world, because it's in a free space where the information can be exchanged freely and in, in a decentralized manner that cannot be stopped. The same way Web3 is bringing that to the, to the end consumer. People say that the digital signature is one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century. And I fully agree with that. And at the core of, of the Web3 technology, this digital signature innovation is, is what stands at the core. Everybody has a wallet and wallet is the, is the private and public key. So if we just rewrite the whole system, court system, monetary policy system, stock system to the blockchain, it will become more transparent, more efficient, clearly more fast. You can send a bank transfer on the holiday. How crazy that is in the 21st century when you can send gigabyte of videos to your friend in another country in minutes. And transfer of money is just as simple as, as transferring the message just in a trusted environment. The SWIFT, the system, it's, it's just the system that transfers messages across banks and it doesn't work on the weekend. I'm excited about Web3, all parts of Web3, beyond the level of possible excitement that somebody can have full in. It's, it's amazing. That's the old school vision of crypto too, which I feel people have been much more excited about the you know, non-monetary uses of cryptocurrency. They're excited about art or they're excited about governance in DAOs or something like that. But I don't always encounter people who are just excited about the innovations to money that it inspires. I feel like that takes a special kind of nerd, but you've probably been in this long enough where that's still motivating and exciting to you. It's not only money. And I, I used money as the example, and it, it was the first use case of the blockchain, obviously, because well, people care a lot about money. And that's one of the simplest things to transfer as a message. But the, more broadly, there is a, a great project. It's called like Aragon Court. It's a court system when there is a pool of judges that are doing arbitration and they can be randomly uh, selected and they will sign the arbitration process with their private key. It reminds me a lot about how the same systems are done. Or the corporate governance, there is a board that is doing company resolutions that is deciding on how things will work. And there is a shareholders that, that decide uh, who sits on the board. And the DAOs are forefronting that space as innovation of the new corporate structure, new work environment, when people across the globe 
can be united in a trustless environment when they don't need to trust person to operate their bank account and they have a collective governance over things that will be executed on chain without anybody being able to interrupt that process. So it fairly reminds of rewriting. In the end, we're all humans and it's just the social structure, social organization, the governance existed in tribes when, when 10 people were sitting around the fireplace and deciding what they're going to do now. And the same governance can be done with internet, with the same governance can be done with paper, then with internet, and now finally with blockchain. And each step is just the evolution and, and maybe a revolution of the process that makes it 10x better. Anything you'd like to add, Alessandra? I'll certainly link to the blog about Nori and Rarible working together, but anything you'd like to conclude with? Well, I just wanted to thank Alex for your time and your genuineness. Like it comes across that this is something that you care about and it's not just something that you're doing for all of the other ego reasons. It's something that really speaks to you and the things that you'd like to see this world adopt as a way of changing the way that we live. So I appreciate that. It seems very true to you. And then I also want to thank you and your team in general for just working with Nori. Uh, it's It's been a really fun ride since we've started working together. And I think that the world can expect a little bit more from these types of collaborations. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being here, Alexander. And links to Rarible, our work together, et cetera. Those are all in the show notes. Everything we talked about, there's links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what we do here, please give us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a lovely day. And thanks again for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please subscribe and give us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, that'd be much appreciated. It helps us get our content out to more people. You can sign up for our newsletter at nori.com, follow us on social media, and we will catch you next time.